We watched George transform cinema with Night of the Living Dead. And while the lore of the little accidental public domain film grows, the director's thirst for creating unique movies grows with it. He refused to lean on just zombie movies. He makes There's Always Vanilla, Season of the Witch, The Crazies, and Martin, doing so without the public eye or any pressure on him. They hadn't seen Night of the Living Dead, so there was no pressure on George to have to recreate something that he had already mastered. He is absolutely free to create whatever he desired. But after nearly a decade of making movies, the world had a craving that they didn't quite realize. So, after 10 years of ignoring what brought his name to the public eye, George will walk into the 80s and realize sometimes dead is better. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Serial Killer. Everybody, welcome to another episode. This is how the this is, get a live look into how the sausage is made. That's how you stuff a sausage, baby. Um, <laughs> serial killer, serial killer is back. We're round two of George Romero. So George Romero has made it uh, mostly out of the seventies, right? Um, he just finishes Martin. And now we are in 1978, and he has decided to um, go back to the uh, the thing that made him, right? He did. Now, before we jump into the movies, did you want to give some some shout outs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That is true. I should have. And I, I, I do want to say, I, I want to highlight quick, a um, lot of praise for you, my friend. For uh, your your dub over in in the beginning, uh, oh, uh, a lot of a lot of people were. I actually forgot to like pass it along this week because I went on the run. But, no, that's, uh, yeah, a lot a lot of people messaged me uh, to say that they are glad that Serial Killer is back, and they were like, Sean, uh, the pre recorded voiceover that you do is great. So, oh well, thank you, me. thank you, everyone. It's uh, it's a labor of. It's not a labor. It's just trying to sound like those fucking bozos on NPR. <laughs> It's crazy because I'm writing it and I'm like, I hope no one like, like, bah. like, I, I, I hope they know I'm like not being serious in it. You know what I mean? Like, because it's so like dramatic and it's like, <laughs> then you're going to turn on the show yeah, and then we're like, Martin smells like farts. <laughs> Martin more like farting. <laughs> Exactly. I, I'm pretty sure if they're listening to us, they know that. And the one person that's checking us out for the first time will surely leave so it. Disappointed. A so disappointed. <laughs> you would be like so ready for it after that intro. You'd be like, oh my God, I might have just found like the best intellectual horror podcast <laughs> yeah, of all people time. That like, people that like like deep dive analytics yeah. in the movies. So like, I, Holy shit, I can't wait to hear this. <laughs> well, uh, George filmed good. <laughs> uh, Night of the Living Dead. I guess we won't really talk about that because everyone knows it already. <laughs> let's let's instead talk about this weird witch wives movie, Hungry Wives. 
Well, that's funny because uh, this episode I fully intend to hijack before we start Dawn of the Dead talking about something else. So. Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so, um, yes, we got a bunch of shout outs this week because me and Joe have been busy and meeting all of you people all over. Um, so uh, we did a Patreon episode, so we kind of covered a little bit of this. But um, shout out to our friend, hometown friend Maureen, who I got to see in Brooklyn last night. Uh, she's a fan of the show, which is always funny to me and Joe because no one in our town like acknowledges us. They know that we exist and we they know we're doing this, but they just pretend. <laughs> that they- it's like we always talk about people that people that we consider yeah. friends. Yeah. Uh, I can't let you know Amato. Yeah. Paul, oh Ryan. yeah. Of course. They all They'll, check us out. They yeah. all listen to us. But people that uh, that we would consider friends, you know, up until recently, uh, know that we do this and don't pay us the time of day. Right. You know, do their own version in their garages. But like Maureen, somebody that we've grown up with and yes. and are quite fond of, like doesn't just humor us by listening. Like actually no. listens and enjoys it. So yeah, it's cool. Always cool. To, it, it's so to cool. I saw her and her boyfriend, Joe, and they were both fucking great. And um, Joe was really cool because he's such a casual horror fan. And I said this earlier, but, like, I love hanging out with casual horror fans, man. Like, they just – they kind of just get it for the most part. They're just, like – and they're just there for a good time. And they're like, I like spooky shit. I like – you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And uh, he was like, have you seen the new Halloween? And I was like, Yes. And I was like, oh boy, like if he's like, that was the best movie ever. It's going to be like, it's going to be a hard rest of the evening. But, but instead he was like, that movie was the biggest piece of shit I've ever seen. And I was like, oh fuck, that's so fucking funny. And he's like, the only thing, what do you say? The only thing that topped it was the uh, Texas Chainsaw on Netflix. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Awesome. Makes sense. Makes sense. So shout out to them. And then uh, I bounced from their house to well they were in brooklyn they were in lower east side and then i bounced there to brooklyn where our our friend matt um do you know his last name i mean i guess we shouldn't shout out people's last names anyway um yeah yeah but uh but he's a drummer he 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 tours yes like a true touring drummer um i want to shout out his thing the the as this is a good username it's good the asmr volta so like the Mars Volta. Um, that's so good. Anyway, great fucking drummer. He's toured with a bunch of bands right now. He's with the Cal's Doughboys, and it's kind of crazy because he joined them for this tour and then they like, they, they're like popping off right now. Like I'm seeing their shit on like stereo gum and pitchfork. And it's like, Oh shit. Like this is, this is, um, kind of a big deal for him. So yeah, he's having a good time and hopefully stays with them for a while. I'm going to see him in October too, down in Florida with the fest. Um, but yeah, it was super nice to see him. I, I do like, we've been talking to that dude since, since the beginning. He, he was, I feel like I he was he, a kid. I think he was in high school, man. Or he, he was a I, son. I, dude, I, th- yeah, whatever. I mean, he, whatever he was, he was super young. Cause I remember I met him at, um, CT cult class. Yeah. He's from Pennsylvania and he came up, for uh ct cult classic yeah he was telling me definitely about a good that. guy yeah super cool guy um great drummer um so it was cool to meet him i i, I love hanging out with our people yeah i don't i I, awesome. I don't like calling them fans it's a fucking weird it's weird I fucking said that power like, trip it's like a weird I met fucking, molly 
right? Like you can't call him that because you like you like connect with him and you're like, oh, that's fucking cool. Like, yeah, it's like, how do I tag you? Like, I don't want to be like horror show fan or horror show listener. But it's like how you want to like show other people. It's like we want to show <laughs> yeah. people like, hey, this, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no doubt. No, it's it's a uh, it's weird. And I do want to give a shout out to um, Nick B. His usernames. I hate it here. He was also at Boston Calling when I went on Sunday and. uh Super cool dude. He he wanted to meet up on Sunday. There was like ten times more people than there was on Friday, and every time he would be like, "Hey, we're over here." I was on the polar opposite side and walking through anyone. Like it was just a fucking nightmare. So like I kept trying to to meet him, and like he was super cool about it, which I also appreciate. Like at one point he was like, "I'm at the uh, concession stand," and he was just like, "Dude, it's fucking crazy. Like don't even like don't even fucking." bother coming over here right now which like i felt bad like i kept trying to get to him and see him but and then the cell service was was terrible because there's so many people so nick sorry uh sorry we didn't actually get to meet up but it was cool you know checking in with you during that because yeah. we were in co- we were in contact like that entire night being like that's oh, so yeah, crazy that is awesome like we're over here so uh it was like we hung out but next time next time hopefully we'll be able to to link up i know we got to just do a live show is what we have to do mm. like all yes. these people are around us um yeah, that's cool. I, I I really appreciate him uh, telling you not to come because <laughs> there's a lot of people that would be like, yeah, it's fine. Just meet me over here. And then you'd be like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, did you really just make me fucking do that, motherfucker? And not that I wouldn't be grateful to you as a fan, but like, give us a heads up if we're going to like, you know, fucking regret it. Yeah, he was like, he was like, I will sing Buddy Holly with you in spirit. <laughs> He's like, I'm over on this side. Like, that's a it's song. A That's a good song. Yeah, man. We should have talked about that on the fucking Patreon. Um, let's go do a Weezer deep dive on the Patreon. Uh, t- I've been wanting to listen to their <laughs> albums front to back. Let's do it. Let's go Pinkerton, <laughs> baby. Um uh yeah okay is that all of our shout outs i think that's all of our shout outs. yeah i think that's it it. all right well thank you all so much and uh reagan i want to shout out reagan too for doing a really good job with our promotional shit for the serial killer stuff and um she's gonna have a baby soon so if if our instagram goes dark uh (laughs) you know why because i've been like trying to like get in the mindset of picking it back up while she like delivers a child and I'm just like, um, can it just put it fucking survive on its own? <laughs> Let's put it in Paul's hands. Oh my god, dude, that would actually be amazing. Let Paul run it for a week. Just There'd fucking, be so many fucking memes of like flim. the most the most kindergarten level humor. <laughs> Bathroom pranks gone wrong, dude. I, <laughs> that's a legitimate thing Paul sent me and Sean, and it was just like some. <laughs> It was like some guy in a bathroom looking at the, like looking putting the camera down so you could see people's feet and stalls and just be like, hey, are you are you pooping in there? Like, what? Yeah, of course they are. In the bathroom. It's Fuck got off. this huge. It's not a prank. It's, it's got not a this prank. Huge, it's got this huge text on it that's like classic fucking toilet prank. <laughs> not, not pranking anyone. He's just saying things and it's not funny. <laughs> so let's let's let him take over. It'll be really great for business. It'll be awesome. Fucking raccoon memes and fucking the occasional Eating in the Jaws month where he's going to be on <laughs> the occasional lecture of of like random fucking political topics. I mean, George is trying to make fucking jokes. 
Or when me and Joe are having a serious conversation, just sends like a fucking seven-year-old meme <laughs> that's already been sent to the chat before. He's like, sorry, I didn't know you guys were uh, talking. <laughs> oh, man, that chat fucking kills me, man. That fucking provides me a lot of laughs during the day. Um, <laughs> so um, let's get into this. Um, so I already did the intro before. So uh, George is done with Martin. Um, he is, and I... I, I want to hijack. Oh, yes, ready? yes, because yes. I watched 1976's <laughs> The Booby Hatch, written and directed. I don't actually. I know it's just directed by uh, his George's writing partner, uh, John Russo. Yes, I did. I I think he wrote it. Maybe not. I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna look it up. I'll look it up. So <laughs> it did. has a lot of. I don't even know how I want to tackle this. So uh, for all these movies I've been writing down, who, who's in it? it? has Sharon Joy Miller as Cherry Janikowski. Don't know if she's been in anything else ever. Um, has Doug Sorting as Herman Longfellow, the classic softcore porn name. Uh, he is Cherry's religious cross-dressing boyfriend who doesn't believe in premarital sex. We have Rudy Ricky, who plays Marcello Fettuccini. Uh He is an impotent orgasm tester. Uh, his job is giving women orgasms, but he can't get it up. So uh, that's, that's quite the conundrum of this film. <laughs> uh, he is a zombie in Night of the Living Dead, and he is the leader of the motorcycle raiders in Dawn Ooh, of the Dead. So okay. he, still, he still gets work with Romero after this. Uh, we have David M.G., M.G., however you say it. Um, he is the main character, one of the main characters in Dawn of the Dead. Yes. Um, he plays Marcello Fettuccini's brother, Angelo Fettuccini, who shows up twice and inexplicably in this softcore porn, does a Humphrey Bogart impression. <laughs> and he's also, he is in the mob and uh, he assassinates a blow-up doll. That, that is his main role uh, to, to avenge his brother. And, and again, is doing a legitimate and, and pretty well, I might say, Humphrey Bogart impression. And then uh, we have Raymond Lane, who... who was in season of the witch and there's always vanilla. Uh, he shows up again. So it has the Romero connections. Yeah. Um, I don't profess to know anything about softcore porn. Uh, I, I, I don't think. Yeah. I think, I think, I think, I think deep throat might be the only one I've, I've ever yeah. tried to sit through and, and like that didn't, you know, it's, it, I it's so I'm awful sitting through it's that. It's so awful. I know there's like a fan base for it now, like that vintage softcore shit, but I don't, you know, I think it it's kind of – it doesn't. I think it's kind of cool to see, like, when there's there's established directors, like, that was a good way for them to start. So if you're yeah. if you're doing something like this, like, you're, do, you're doing – it would be cool if it was Romero. But if you're doing, like, a deep dive on a director, it's cool to see, like, them, them do this. And the internet ruined porn. You know, it's, it, yes. not ruined it, but it's just, like, you just click on it and you don't have to sit through a plot. You just can see whatever kink you're into, right? Mm -hmm. This has a fucking script and it has people acting. And, like, that David Emge guy, he's an actor. Like, yeah. he was the, the star of Dawn of the Dead. He's not doing anything sexual in this and he's playing a role. Like, it seems like it was kind of fun. Uh, this, though, I would recommend to fucking anybody. And, and for a movie that has the porn title... It is the least porny porn. They they saved everything for the last two minutes. Like you see, any any sex scene in this movie is just missionary. And 
I don't even think there's thrusting. It's literally just a guy laying on top, <laughs> on top of a girl for the entire movie. And then at the end, they just go balls out and just show you everything. <laughs> everything you could possibly want to see for the last two minutes. But um, this movie, man... Has it all? It has. Uh, it's it, it's a dildo testing factory. <laughs> like I said, the Humphrey Bogart impression. Uh, he kills a sex doll. There, there is a potential rape scene that I was like, I don't, I don't know if I want to watch this, but it is thwarted because the guy his his pants zipper is stuck, and it's just like a normal jean zipper, and it is like a five minute scene of this guy struggling. <laughs> To get his zipper down until he just fucking gives up, and, then, and that's the end. So, so you don't have to watch that. Uh, there is a death by orgasm scene, and and a pretty um, early reference to a micro penis, which I know people like throwing around Ooh. a lot now. But that guy, the uh, Herman Longfellow, doesn't believe in premarital sex. She, he's wearing a a skirt, and and <laughs> Cherry looks up it, and is like, "Oh, for fuck's sake! Like it's no bigger than a thimble," <laughs> and he's just like, "Oh, fuck you." <laughs> it'll gross it is uh it is something man it's it's pretty entertaining for for what it is it, there's a man wearing a um a dick he's committing stick-ups but wearing a penis nose disguise you know like this the groucho marx class this is fucking great it's great i recommend it to fucking anyone it, it was it was fun do you think there's any question about who brought more of the talent to night of the living dead john russo or, <laughs> or, or i mean Rose. i think it's clear now it's john russo <laughs> Uh, John Russo, uh, he did write and direct it. Oh, okay, yeah. And Kudos to John Russell. And, and dude, dude, you know that meme with like Pablo Escobar and he's just being sad, like yes, things. Yes. When, <laughs> dude, when when fucking <laughs> Marcelo Fettuccini can't get his dick up, so that means he can't work anymore. He <laughs> there there's like ten minutes of of a ten minute montage of him just doing things by himself and like being sad, including going on a Ferris wheel. And we watch him just go like out of frame and on frame while he's sulking. It's fucking incredible. I watched the beginning of it um, in bed, and I was like, I can't do this right now. When he's when he's like the wacky dildo factory. <laughs> Dude, it opens up with like a fake commercial or something. I was just like, yeah. this, this, and the guy's just holding various dildos. Yeah. Also, some of them, some of them look like there's no way that's enjoyable. There's no that, that, that just like warts all over it. They're <laughs> fucking insane. It was the most insane shit I've ever seen. Um, so John Russo splits after Night of the Living Dead and makes that film. Kudos. Kudos. A wise, a wise career choice. Now, now, was that the thing you wanted to hijack before that you mentioned? It, it was. Okay, it was, okay, yeah. good, good, good. Because it comes, good. it came, chronologically speaking, it comes yes. two years before Dawn of the Dead. Okay. And it perfect. has actors in it, so it crosses over. No, I, I'm, I'm happy we talked about it. I wanted to talk about it. I just didn't know if there was more. Um, okay, cool. Did you know that we've done a full episode on Dawn of the Dead? Hey, no. What? <laughs> <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> Dude, so I was typing in Dawn of the Dead on IMDb, but for some reason I had my Spotify up. So I typed Dawn of the Dead on my Spotify, and it came up the horror show 2017. I was like, oh, that's weird. Some some show did it already called the same name of us, but then it was just our episode. I'm like, oh, how about that? That's, uh, um, that's I have no recollection. I have no – yeah, look at that, number 128. Um. Yeah, and there's a there's some Paul in that too. I guess there's there's some Paul in that episode. Yeah, an additional. I have no recollection, and I think I took like I, I prepared myself more for this 
an episode with the six other movies that dude, I did for same, the Dawn of the same, Dead for that. Same. Dude, that's what I'm thinking. I, have, I had all these like moments. Now everyone's going to be like, hey, by the way, you talked about all of the same shit uh, in that episode. See, I'm more nervous. I'm going to just contradict myself, which I, I don't know why I'm nervous because I've just come to terms with the fact that everything I said Is pre-fatherhood was a fucking b- bullshit <laughs> idiot. <laughs> I agree with that statement. Like, I, I th- yeah, I don't know. A- anything before the new return, I feel like, is a little bit skewed. Dude, I agree. Like, there are people that have reached out being like, hey, I, like, people that I know in my life that are like, I want to check you guys out. I'm like, just, just start at the return. Like, yeah, just, that, that's I'm how much I, happier that's how I kind of did there. it, too. Yeah, same, same. Like, yeah, I, I was talking to the kid Matt about it last night because he was, like, talking about it when we ended and sh- shit, and, um. It was just like, like, I know we've talked about it, but like, I was doing the same fucking jokes. That's honestly what pissed me off the most. And it was just like, but it was the same shitty jokes of just being like, this sucks. This sucks. Like, fucking look at Snoop Dogg. It's like, now, like, I'm pretty sure like almost every movie we've seen, we've been like, this movie's not good, but it's fucking awesome. (laughs) Having way more fun watching. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So I think, I think that's, I think that's. I, I, I would be I'm more interested in our take now. So um but Dawn of the Dead is 78, right? So the 70s are over. He's entering the 80s and he's bringing back the zombies. And he said he wanted to do this purposefully to um he he didn't want to make a zombie movie again right away. He wanted to give some time to let it air out before he did a sequel. Um then he decides, hey, I'm gonna do this sequel. Um to be fair, and like we talked about, I think it was on our Patreon, I don't blame him. Like, the way that Night of the Living Dead went down and you're not making money off of that, like, why would you want to go back? To, I, I would just be so disheartened with it. Just yeah. Like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going back to that. No, I, I agree. And, and you know what? It, this whole thing is so weird because this is the first movie where he gets a bigger budget, really. And... Like he's getting, he's gaining traction. Like people know about him. Like Dario Argento finances the movie, yes. um, in exchange for international distribution rights. Italian rights. Um, but that means Dario Argento knows you, right? Like that's it. Like yeah. that's fucking. That's amazing. Um, so he's he's in that world now. And Dario does does the score, which classic score on this. Amazing. Go- well, yeah. Goblin Goblin does the score. Yeah. And I guess the Italian version is just like Goblin playing the entire fucking movie, but <laughs> <laughs> Argento got to cut the film himself and release it as, you know, z- zombie as we'll you know, figure out with all their fucking naming things, but Yeah, which is why we have Fulci's Zombie 2, which is an unofficial sequel to this. Somehow a sequel to this, right? <laughs> um, it so makes no sense. Um, so he, so he, he gets financing for this. Um, the original screenplay is really fucking weird. I think I'll save that till a little bit later. But there's an original ending to this that's so fucking dark. George claims that it was shot. Uh, he has a documentary out called Documents of the Dead, and it was um, student filmmakers from Pittsburgh who were, like, just doing it for extra credit shit. Um, and George was like, hey, you can come film me, make Dawn of the Dead. And so they did. And it's okay at best. <laughs> it's an okay documentary. It's cool to see George and, like, him in the driver's seat of this movie and, like, Savini and stuff. And, like, Savini's, like, such a fucking – he's, like – is he from Jersey? He has to be. 
Um, I'm going to look it up right now. If he's not, I'll be fucking shocked. Because, like, he is the most, like, New York, New Jersey type of guy I've ever seen. Oh, dude. He's from from Pittsburgh. Born in Pittsburgh. That's crazy. Um, He just has that, like, Northeast Italian, like, love for telling stories. So, like, they're, they're, like, he, he tells, like, the longest story to explain how George allows him to do different makeup effects. But it's like this long, elaborate story. He's like the very... But it's it's sweet, man. He's like young, and George is young. It's it's a cool thing. Um, but one thing... Like, that, oh, what? Oh, sorry. No. I was just gonna say, just watching these the way that I'm watching them to like deep dive into George, I just... I've always appreciated Tom. I've met Tom. He's a super, super good guy, but... And I've always appreciated George, but like they're fucking the greatest like they are they are the fucking greatest and doing what they're doing how they did it and like how they filmed it and the budget that they had i mean i know he had more for dawn of the dead but i mean they're, they're the fucking greatest of all time in my opinion and george just seems like the, you, you brought up those those filmmakers and him just being like yeah you can film me yeah he seemed like the most humble dude like he never oh yeah gave a shit like he just wanted to make his art and as we'll talk about with night raiders riders like he just does what he fucking wants to do he like he it's crazy. That. Yeah. Dude, he has a well. He he invented fucking zombies. He could literally just coast on that forever. Forever. And instead, he still will do Dawn of the Dead and then be like, you know what I want to do next? <laughs> fucking Night Riders, which I'll 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 give a hint to my opinion. I, I don't dislike it, but I don't love it, right? I don't I don't love Night Riders, but I but I, I legitimately respect him. For making arguably the greatest zombie movie of all time, and then being like, you know what? I'm going to make another movie and make it longer and also not be horror and just make it however I want. An uh, interest and that I no one it, wants. Man. No one wants this movie. No one asked for this movie. And like, people must love working with him, right? Because he just Thank keeps you. getting the same people and like, He's just giving. He's not working with Hollywood stars up until Creepshow. Creepshow is the only time, yeah. the first time that he just is like, "I'm gonna get big name people to be in this." But before that, he's working with nobodies. Yeah, like, he's working with people that most of the time don't even go on to be in other films, and he's just getting great performances out of them. And I mean, he's he's like honestly watching these. Like I've like I said, I've always felt like I enjoyed George, but watching them now all in a row, I was like, this guy is the greatest. Like. He should be studied. I I agree with that. And and you talked about Savini. And there's probably a better sports thing, but it's almost like a little bit like Belichick Brady-ish. It's like, although I think that script ended up flipping where we we thought Brady needed Belichick. And it turns out (laughs) Brady just goes, does whatever the fuck he wants. But um, I mean, but they are a great one-two punch. It is. It's when you put them together, it's just like crazy shit fucking happens. And Tom from all accounts is putting it all on the line, doing all the stunts, like doing the stunt work. Dude, Get I saw more in Knight Rider. How did nobody die in sight Knight Rider? And how is Tom doing this? How Joe, is Tom doing these stunts? Not only that, in the document of the dead, they show, you know, when Savini's character gets shot and he fucking falls over the fucking railing. Yes. They showed how that stunt got made. It looks it. This would never fly in a Hollywood set, Joe. He just jumped off the fucking railing onto two mattresses that were on, dude. Literally two fucking mattresses, mattresses like this, the old spring ones. It's fucking seventy eight. 
spring mattresses that were just on top of a bunch of cardboard boxes. He dove off of no fucking lanyard or anything. He dove off a fucking railing in a mall and did that. And I was like, and everyone's like, Woo! and I was like, this is so insane. And Savini just like gets up and is like, yeah, good job. And I'm like, I, I mean, I fucking love Tom for this. Like, dude, not only is it's he- nuts. Like, probably the greatest makeup, like, special effects artist for horror of all time, right? But nobody talks about his stunts like that. And it's probably honestly therapeutic for him. Like he just comes back from Vietnam. He was a photographer. Yeah. He's seen terrible, terrible shit. And he's just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to do this. Like, I'm just going to go, like, I'm just going to do things and have fun and, and have no fear, like, no reservations. And it carries over. And I honestly, I like him in acting roles in, in these yes. Romero movies. Like, I think, I think he's good in front of the camera. I do too. I, I, that's actually one of my things I want to say is like, I think I used to, I probably just clowned on him just cause I knew who he was. Like when you talk to somebody that like, you usually watch these movies with somebody that doesn't know all the details. So you could be like, Oh, that's Tom Savini. He's a fucking special effects guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you kind of like clown on him. He's a good fucking actor. Like I really like him. He, he, I mean, George, like I said, George gets these people to give good performances. Dawn, he gets good performances out of nobody, nobodies, but Ken Foray, Ken Foray, when he is on the screen, it is very clear how much better of an actor he is than like everybody else. Light like, years beyond. Dude, <laughs> there are times you're just like, holy shit. And, and I'm not even talking about like the other main characters, no, but the, there's one scene in particular in the beginning where <laughs> Ken is talking and he is so convincing in what he's saying. And then some like army guy comes in and he's just like hey what's going on here just like holy shit like that guy i could have delivered that line you know so in in some of these movies he like some of the extras at least you could yeah. be like yeah these are amateurs well, they're he's, town he's folk man they're town they are, folk. They are town folk yeah. fucking crazy ken, ken blows people away ken ken is great i i loved um romero also mentioned um about filming this he was like i love filming in pittsburgh i mean this is kind of insulting to pittsburgh but again it's it's the time too so it's 78 but so there's no internet or like you know mass media like that and romero was like filming in pittsburgh is so like um it's you're so separated from like the real world like it's almost like it's almost like a throwback town at that point so it's like you're not like up with technology or the current trends or no one's like oh that looks like shit everyone's like holy cow we're making a movie here and it's like it's the most like cheap rig of all time like it's it's amateur making even in dawn like even though he has more money they're filming from 8 p.m to 7 a.m every night when the mall closes they can't film during the day they have to run in, get everything ready, do the makeup, and, like, get the fucking show on the road yep. and film till 7 a.m. And, like, with amateur equipment and shit. And it's, like... And they had more time. Like, they, yeah. they made a hard stop at the time that they did. And that was their decision because they're, like, we're just... Schmo- like, we don't have a cleanup crew. Like, we have to do this ourselves. So, yeah. we have to give ourselves time. Exactly. Get the fuck out of here. Exactly. <laughs> it's fucking nuts. Savini's just fucking spraying blood everywhere and fucking... <laughs> Everyone has to clean it up afterwards, which I'm sure everyone loved, especially. And then and then I found out they ad lib a lot of stuff like so George will film. And this is why he makes fucking four hour movies. He'll film his script. He'll film his fucking script and then fucking be like, 
let's just film some stuff. And then they'll just film scenes that he's thinking of. And imagine you're the writer, director, and editor, which he was. Get, imagine that. That would be so sick because you can, like, add that shit on the fly. Like, he has a vision yeah. for sure. And uh, the only other thing I want to mention from that documentary, and we don't have to get into, like, the super details of Dawn, but, like, he – he. I don't even know what I was going to say now. I forgot my fucking place. <laughs> Fuck. Um, uh, I already talked about the Pittsburgh thing. I don't know. There was something else in the documentary he mentioned. Um, you think of it, we'll circle back to it. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it'll come back. Something, something I wanted to mention about the trilogy and just watching these three for the show. Mm. Like, And I'm probably the last person on earth to realize this. And, and I'm also going to say something about Knight Riders. And like, as I thought of this, I was like, I'm either reading too far into this or I'm the last person on earth to like deduce this. So, yeah. so it could be, could be one or the other, but uh, the original dead trilogy works so well because night of the living dead introduces a concept of zombies, right? right? It's the first time anybody's ever seeing these yes. reanimated cannibalistic in a sense zombies. Dawn of the dead shows us like how people are dealing with it in the present. Like mm-hmm. this idea just got introduced and now these people are like, well, fuck we have to survive. Right. And then day of the dead, Shows us how people are just living. Like, it's just an everyday thing now. Like, yes. People have just come to terms with it. And, like, this is our life now. This is how we're living and coping with it. And I just fucking love that, like, three-story arc transition, like, from a human sense. Now, so somebody called it, you know, uh, a trilogy, which it is-ish, right? Can you yeah. separate? Can you separate three movies out of six and call it a trilogy? I think you can. Um, because I feel like it's like two different stories, right? This you do is- it with Star Wars, right? You can do the Star Wars trilogy, the first oh. one, and then you have the episodes. Yeah. and Yeah, yeah, you can judge them separately. Okay, I like that. Because like, they really are different trilogies. I think there's two trilogies in this night yeah. in George Romero's catalog. Um, but also, man, can you imagine like... We talk about this concept a lot now on our new... On this most recent run, which is like... The way people would react today to, like, this shit, like, you saw Night of the Living Dead and you're like, you see the trailer for Dawn of the Dead and you're probably like, holy shit, he's back. He's going to do a second one. Like, you're so pumped. And then they start throwing pies at the fucking zombies in the mall and you're probably like, the fuck is this? (laughs) (laughs) And it's in color. Like, and I'm not even saying, like, this is a bad thing, but it's just like, this movie he did a sequel that looked nothing like the original played nothing like the original, right? right? Nothing at all is even like resembling his first movie. And he's like, this is the second movie, which is nothing up. There's nothing up to Martin that indicates George would, would make something like Dawn of the dead. Right. Like, no, even in the beginning. And I I know I'm kind of going off of your point, but I, I'm just like, no, it's okay. You're right. Like, like, it has nothing to do – in terms of a sequel, it looks nothing like the first one, right? Right. And this movie starts off without even zombies. It's just a, it's just a raid on a complex because people are fighting back against the martial law that's imposed. Yes. It's one of the, the goriest, bloodiest shootouts like you <laughs> see, right? Like, like, period. It's not even the zombie part. And it's just like, how did George go from Night of the Living Dead and then everything up to Martin, and then just come out with this balls to the wall. It's fucking, it, crazy. It's fucking nuts, man. It's fucking wild. Um, I, I love, I love everything 
he does in this. Did you watch the one on Plex, the 139 minute? I did. So that's the director's cut. Um, that is the full director's cut. The ah, fuck, I'll wait till the ending. But um, it's still a long movie, even at the edited version. I think even the edited one is over two hours. Um, but this one's two hours and nineteen minutes. So it's, it's a long movie. It feels um, it feels a little. I don't know how to say this. It feels a little. It feels almost like three different stories. This movie. I always like. Not that I forget, but I'm like, oh yeah, like this movie is like you have the cops, you have the pilot and his girlfriend Steven, right? That's a whole thing. It, it feels like like really separate movies sometimes that I'm watching. He's not like, even a pilot; he's a fucking traffic reporter. Oh right. <laughs> They call him Flyboy. <laughs> Flyboy, which is the name of a character in Day of the Dead also, but that's okay. Um, but it feels like separate movies almost. Like when they go to the gas station, like the original cop opening, the cop opening, the gas station, and then the mall. And then on top of the mall, there's the end of the movie where the bikers show up. And it's like, oh, this is like four different movies yeah. almost. Yeah, it's a, it's a three-part story arc, right? Or four-part story arc is... Yeah, and and it's it's a little bit slower than I remembered. Um, not in a bad way. It's just very Romero, right? Like he does that, man. He shows you the day to fucking day in these movies. That's and maybe yeah. that's why they're fucking. Maybe that's why they hit because you're like, I think that is like the key, and I think that's why Romero is good because if somebody else was to do that, that doesn't have the talent Romero has, you'd yeah. be like, why are you fucking <laughs> showing me these guys trying on suits in a mall? Like, what are you, what are we doing, right? But he somehow pulls it off, and like he, I don't know what it is that makes it work. I guess it's the pacing and the editing, yeah. and something about them doing that just kind of hits home, or not, not, not hits home i guess isn't the right phase but like it just makes a bigger impact that's like these guys are fucked these guys yeah are in like the worst situation ever and like that's what i would be doing right now right you like oh find a good spot to hide and you're like you know what i'm here i'm just gonna raid every store and get everything that i want And like there's a point where they take money out of a drawer and one of the characters i think it might be steven looks like because i think he's looking at ken uh it's just like what he gives an eye makes eye contact that's to say like why are you doing that and because the character is just like you never know. Like maybe maybe we'll need it in like two weeks, and you're like, oh yeah, like maybe you will. Maybe yeah. this is just a passing phase. I just love like the the little interactions that he puts in there. It, it, it's really interesting, and the mall concept I fucking love. Um, I'm gonna say something I regret already and insane. <laughs> I and with this is not really even a valid thought because I haven't seen the remake in forever. I really like the remake. <laughs> a lot of people do. And I think I might enjoy it more than I like this one. <laughs> Are you sure? No, Are you sure? I might enjoy it. Enjoy it. It's more, I don't know. And I'm not sure by the way, cause I'm, I was thinking about it and I don't think I've seen it since theaters, <laughs> but I, I, I'm going to rewatch it this week because Here's what I miss. Here's what I miss. I feel like they might have taken advantage of the mall idea a little bit better in the remake. I think they they focused Man. on I think they focused on the mall more. I think I think George's is fucking obviously a better movie, obviously. But I I like I like the zany mall stuff the most. <laughs> hey, 
you get the zany mall stuff. You get to watch guys go down a uh, escalator, <laughs> which which Tom claims oh. uh, they put in guardrails because of this movie in, in malls, so nobody would ride down the escalator like that. Is that true? Oh my god, that's fucking. Funny. He can't prove it, but he's like, I yeah. think that's because of this movie. Oh, maybe it is. Um, no, I mean, I don't know. Well, tune into Patreon next week when I reveal that I'm a fucking idiot. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna watch it too because I I don't think I've watched it since it came out. I just remember Ving Rhames. And uh, Richard I, Cheese. I remember Ving Rhames, Richard Cheese, and uh, I believe Johnny Cash covering Danzig in the intro. Is that, is that true? I think so. Or, okay. Is it? No, it's, it is Johnny Cash, though. The White Horse song. And I heard there was a writer or whatever. There's a white horse. And on him was Death. You know what I'm talking about? Um, There's sure. a man coming around taking The man names. comes to town? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's not dancing. It's not dancing. But it is Johnny Cash. That That's the intro. Dude, and I remember that intro. The, their, the cold open of that movie hit so fucking hard with, like, the fucking zombies, like, attacking everyone in the suburbs. Yeah, I mean, now, that you're, now it's coming back to me. Uh, I definitely don't agree, but... <laughs> You just reminded me of everything. <laughs> but I am going to watch it this week. And isn't there a zombie baby in it? It gets shot. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I might just take it back now. <laughs> um, Dawn worked on a $640,000 budget and made $66 million fucking dollars. Finally. Great. Georgie yeah. got his money. And now he has his name on it. He's not going to get G- yeah. fucked. Give it up for fucking George. Give a round of sound for George. Yes. He fucking, yes. God bless him. He finally got his fucking money. This poor fucking guy. <laughs> and hey, maybe it fucking, maybe he doesn't get six. Maybe he never even makes Dawn if fucking Night of the Living Dead wasn't as accessible as it was to literally everybody you were saying, I don't remember if it was Patreon at the beginning of this episode, but you were saying how, like, why didn't Hollywood just retroactively yeah. be like, blah, blah. Maybe, maybe that that is their version of retroactively giving him his due. Just being like, you know what? You made this zombie movie and everybody's ripping you off and people are putting scenes of your movie in their own movies because yeah. it's public domain. Like, here's your fucking budget. Do it again and, and do it bigger and let's go from there. Yeah. Like, you could fucking do this for sure. Um the my uncle, oh. I think we get like um, desensitized, and I don't think I know we get desensitized. And if you didn't watch Dawn of the Dead in 1978, you can't really make a claim one way or the other. But I will say that my uncle has always, since I was a kid, told me that Dawn of the Dead is the scariest movie he's ever seen. Which watching it now, you're like, that can't be. That can't be true. <laughs> it's not the scariest. Like it's a cool movie, right? But like if you try and put yourself in his shoe. And like you're a kid or a, a young teen in 1978, and these people are just ripping others apart, and you're trapped in the mall, and you're just hopeless. Like, where are they going to go in that helicopter? It's fucking everywhere. You're stuck in a mall. You have to fight zombies. You have to fight bikers. You have to fight other people. Like, and then you could turn into a zombie yourself. I can. I get it. I get why people thought this was terrifying. I mean, I think even like as a young person, like thinking about. I mean, even like now, if you, I, it, it, there is a desensitiz- desensitization um, with the, with like horror, I think. I think we've like, 
I don't want to say all the way, but like you have to, I th- feel like you have to like think a little bit harder now when you watch these movies to like, be like, Oh yeah, that is a fucking scary concept. The, the scariest thing to this to me is like them having to make these decisions, even to be like, should we go into the mall right now? And then be like, yeah. um, I'm sorry. I, I don't have any of the character names, but the woman is like, you guys are fucking insane. Like that's Francine, the fly, fly girl. Yeah, and, and and she's like, you guys are fucking nuts. Like, why are you? Why would you fucking do that? And they're like, well, we need fucking supplies. Like, maybe we stay here. And like thinking about that is fucking crazy because it's like, yeah, sure, the mall's fun, but sitting in that room for what a year is like what they're maybe considering. Like yeah. that sounds fucking awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sounds yeah. like the worst fucking thing that could ever fucking happen. Like. Everyone's He's also showing you how, like, <laughs> that's 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 your takeaway. Yeah, I mean, you would run out of toilet paper pretty fast after a year, right? bro. That would be so fucking gross. And then you'd have to, like, ah, uh, dude, you'd have George to, like, not think about the hygiene aspect. You'd have to, like, reserve one of the stores for like the shit and piss room, like, and then that would fill up eventually. Oh my god! Well, they would have they would have a bathroom. The malls have a bathroom. But is water running? Shit in the store. Well, who turned it off? I mean, they're all fucking dead or zombies. Nobody's turning off the water. Okay, fair. Nobody, nobody, you don't have to pay them anymore, right? I feel like you'll run out of water eventually, though. I don't know. That can't be a thing, right? It's just, it's just, <laughs> just shows they, 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 they turn it off for you. Like, yeah, but it's coming from a, uh, I don't know. We're, we're not, Actually, yeah, yeah. This. <laughs> I don't know how that works. Maybe you're right. Maybe two just, people just making up dude, water. Shh. <laughs> Dude, a shit room in the mall. Dude, like, okay, let's say worst case scenario, you still you still need shit room in the mall, and 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 also think about it like, depending on how long you're gonna stay there, you're not cleaning the bathroom, right? Like, you're not you're going down there no, to shit. Yes, yes, you're not. I mean, you're not cleaning. There's not gonna be any bleaching. No, no, no. Rubbing. So like, it's gonna like, dude, a year of like four people shitting in the bathroom. It's like. <laughs> Honestly, a shit room would probably be more hygienic. I'm thinking it might be. <laughs> the fuck, it'll look like CBGB's bathroom eventually. Like, <laughs> dude, uh, dude, you couldn't pay me. Even the fucking zombies would be like, come on. <laughs> out of fucking control. You people that's are why disgusting. Bubs, that's why Bubs became sentient in the uh, in day of the day. like, I can't live like this. <laughs> he, he was chained up in the bathroom in the shit room. And he was like, good God. Um, one thing that is interesting, I feel like his movies, they kind of like, they un... I mean, I know they're in the same universe, obviously. But like... They kind of like unspokenly tie into each other. Like this one opens up with them going over a farmhouse that is very similar to Night of the Living Dead, if not mm-hmm. the same house. Um, and like the farmer, uh, like the farmer army that that was in the first one. So you kind of like revisit that in this one, and you're like, oh, that's a cool little like nod. Like, okay, we're in this world, and then like this one ends you know, with the idea of like the helicopter getaway or whatever. And then the next one day of the dead picks up in a helicopter. Right. Right. And it's like, it's not the same people, but I feel like it is a little bit, it's almost like supposed to be, I feel like it's almost like, uh, yeah, this is, we're going to continue, but it's a different 
story. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like he did a great job of like weaving them together a little bit like this. Um, but yeah, so Dawn, um, I mean, we obviously don't have to go like super into it. I mean, there's just like some crazy stuff, um, that he tackles in this, the abortions, um, concept in this, um, intense man. Like, and again, like a scary fucking idea to think about. And they just throw that at you at the beginning of this movie where she's like, I'm fucking pregnant. And you're like, what the fuck? Like. What yeah, and, do you fucking do? I mean, the concept of like bringing a kid into a that, world yeah. where this is happening is fucking terrifying on right. its own. Like that is that is terrifying. And by the way, like again, like uh, you you mentioned this. I uh, was it on the Patreon or was it on the episode where we talked about how everyone owes George for their work. Um, yeah. But like Walking Dead had that whole scenario with the baby, right? And it was. It's this. It's this fucking movie. <laughs> because of the the public domain issue, like nobody has to say inspired by George Romero. And I yeah. can't wait to get into to Night Riders because there is things that aren't zombie related that oh Romero, like Romero influenced so much fucking shit. It's insane. Yeah. Um. So he tackles that in that movie. Um. Uh. What else does it, what? Uh. Oh, there's a couple other notes I had on it. Um. One thing I loved in it was the date night attempt in the middle of absolute chaos. And again, like it's it's George like showing the day to day shit, right? So fly girl, fly fly boy, and fly girl, yes. uh, like Ken Foray like sets up a date for them just to like because yes. like they're just having trouble, and it's like oh that's so fucked. <laughs> I mean, and, and and it like makes you think, like like we're saying, like what would you do? The initial terror has already set in, and now you're just having to come to terms with this is our fucking life now. Like this is we have to like either go on, which we'll see at the end. They are contemplating not going on, and I know you said at the ending there, there's a dark turn. He toyed with that idea, like what is the point of going on? Uh, but they ultimately decide like they have to just continue with their day to day lives and try and do things that they would normally do. If there wasn't a zombie apocalypse, but they just so happen to be doing it during one, which I, I just, I love that detail. Uh, yeah, I, I do too. And, you know, the bikers end up showing up and you have that kind of, um, it's the start of, and I mean, they, they, they did this in Night of the Living Dead smaller. It seems like they scale up every time, right? So like Dawn of the Dead or Night of the Living Dead, you just had the guy in the basement who was the the outlier who was like, no, fuck this. Like, then in this one, you have your crew for the whole movie, and then we get a little glimpse into these people that are kind of taking advantage of the chaos in the world, and you, the bad guys, though, just fucking bad guys. Um, so we see them, and they enter the mall, and because they're like, they see that they see our crew over there, and they're like, we want their, I think they wanted the helicopter, really, but, um, Great scenes. Yeah, that's Romero's MO. It's like the zombies are villains, but also humans are pieces of yeah. shit too. And, and then really just as much. Yeah. And then like what you were saying in Day, it, it then we stack it up a little bit more where there's no longer – the bad guys are the good guys. Now the people that have survived are the survivors. Like we're that's past the point of like – 
This is life now. This is life. And like the fucking, like the people that survived are probably not the best people. And <laughs> they're in positions of power now. That's, and, that's, and they're, that's a great point. They survived because they. They're fucking they psycho assholes. And now they're running the, everything. They're running the fucking whatever this world looks like now. Um, so they're no longer, it's not just bikers that are like, you have to watch out for, like they're telling you what to do. They're your fucking boss. Like they run the fucking camp or whatever you want to fucking call it. And it's, yes, it's, it's intense. Day, man. day uh, incorporates uh, the shit talking of zombies, which, which I appreciate because every character is just like, Hey, you fucking stupid piece of shit. <laughs> Screaming in zombie faces. Stupid dead <laughs> bastard. Yeah, no, it's insane. I fucking love it. That guy. I will, I will talk about it when we get there, but, um, I fucking love uh, real quick. How old do you think David MG MG, however you say it, uh, was in Dawn of the Dead? Stephen Flyboy Andrews. How old do you think he was? If you had to give a rough guess, forty. <laughs> okay, okay. So I posted a meme this week about the guy in uh, Beverly Hills. Cop. Yes, which 30, is so what, funny. Yeah, thirty-seven when he was he was in that role. I mean, he looks like he's on fucking deathbed. <laughs> Stephen Stephen Flyboy Andrews, the actor, is thirty two in this movie. Which, That's insane. Which is nuts. That is, Dude, that is younger than old me. Ass man. That's Dude, fucking five nuts. years younger than us. That that is an old old ass man. <laughs> That's fucking funny. Um, yeah, and and by the way, uh, Dawn ends with some of the most insane gore. Ever just ripping the bikers apart and the fucking intestines. Nothing George has done to yes. this point yet. Disgusting. Fucking insane. And now it you see day. Savini. Yeah. Holds up. Yeah. Oh yeah. And Savini is just like, he, you know, he blows up after this movie also, and it's well worth it because uh, those were for sure organs, right? Like that was fucking insane. Like those people were torn apart. Like I, I that was nuts. Um, but ultimately, there's a biker. Oh. That gets ripped apart because he is checking his blood pressure. Did you, did you notice that? <laughs> yeah, we talked. Actually, now that you say that, we definitely talked about that. On the first time? The okay. first time. Because Every it's time the most I watch insane that, it clip. blows my mind. Dude, <laughs> because in the middle of chaos. <laughs> that, that, that's the thing that, that kills me about that scene is that like if he was just doing it because he was in a mall and he didn't realize there were zombies behind him, I get it. But there there is zombies with an eyesight. Like, it. It is, there's impending doom. He's checking his blood pressure. He's like he's like running from them and is like, wait a minute, and then like puts his <laughs> arm in. It would actually be kind of cool if he was in it and then chaos broke and he couldn't get his fucking arm out because it was like right, pressurized. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but instead, he's like running from them and is like, wait, hey, hang on, I gotta get this reading real fast. My health, my health comes first. <laughs> my health comes first. My doctor's gonna be really fucking chapped if I don't. Uh, Watch his blood pressure, guys. My hypertension will get the best of me. <laughs> um, and it ends with them um, escaping. They get to the roof. They escape via um, helicopter. But they do. Kn- we do know that they are low on fuel. Um, and their future is very uncertain. And it kind of just ends that way. Now, Ken the- Foray's character was going to kill himself. <laughs> Dude. Gun to his head. Uh, yes. So the original ending, which he claims he shot, but there's no evidence that he shot it. It wasn't shot, by the way. It definitely wasn't shot because Savini made some props and then they ended up using them for different things. But they did film, um, they filmed like a walkthrough of it. 
So yes. original screenplay, Peter, Ken Ferre, Francine, Fly Girl, were both going to kill themselves. Peter was going to shoot himself in the fucking helicopter. And Fran was going to, this is the most Stick insane thing. her fucking head into the helicopter blades, which they foreshadowed in this movie because it right. happens at one point uh, with a zombie, I believe. Yes. And then, but what I love about this ending, I don't really love the fucking suicides, but what I love about the ending is they had turned on the helicopter because they didn't know how much gas they had. Ken shoots himself. She kills herself. And then as the the credits would roll, as the blades were spinning, and then they would stop, like really like midway through the credits. So that way you, they weren't going to get anywhere. They were going to fucking crash and die. And it's like, that is like a fucking, what, like what a dark. fucking dark ending. Yeah. And they save a lot of the darkness for Day of the Dead. But, um, yeah. 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 But, um, an additional scene showing, oh, yeah, no, that, that wasn't, that was what we had already talked about. Uh, Romero had stated that the original ending was scraped before being shot, although behind the scenes photos show the original version was at least tested. Uh, Savini made the head imp- the, th- the head exploding thing for the helicopter scene, and then they just randomly ended up using it for during the SWAT raid when that for for no reason at the beginning of the movie a cop's head fucking explodes explodes <laughs> explodes, and we arguably get in that in that beginning scene. Um, Wooly is the character's name, played by James Baffico. He's in Silver Bullet, and uh, we'll see him again in Night Riders as also a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, uh, he he is a Hall of Fame fucking asshole like he, he's one of the worst characters in movie history as wooly just a racist piece of shit who does not want to kill zombies he just wants to kill uh minorities in, in a sense like that's, that's all he cares about and he's dropping racial swords every two seconds and thank god ken finally fucking shoots him in the head yeah yeah and, and then we get introduced to the zombies <laughs> then we get introduced to the zombies and like i yeah. say he's in knight rider dude he's the dad yes the daughter's like you oh fucking my. fat slob and the, Every time he's on the se- on the screen since then, he's like, "Oh, I can't believe she called me a fat slob." He's the fattest slob I've ever seen in a movie. Least <laughs> surprising thing of all time. Um, so let's uh, let's get into Night Riders now. We're we're gonna cover um, Night Riders and Day of the Dead. Um, obviously, it's not gonna be as long because we're already an hour in. But we're also gonna talk about Creep Show just a little bit because we have a live show on that coming up. So we're just going to touch on it because that was 82, um, but we were, we're not going to go into details. We'll save the details for the live show because um, that'll be fun. Dawn of the Dead comes out 1978. Um, yes. He'll take uh, three years, and then he's going to make Night Riders, which is a story of uh, knights on motorcycles. Yeah. Which they call a renaissance fair. That's not a renaissance fair, guys. It's not. It's it, it's a made up event that these guys, that these guys are are doing. Um, real quick, is this? I know it's coming. I know it's coming. I'm excited. <laughs> a, do you recommend it? B, is this the most bizarre thing you've ever seen in your life? <laughs> okay. Um, do I recommend it? I think that's more convoluted. So, so I don't love Night Riders, but I don't dislike it. I wouldn't be in a hurry to watch it again. 
but I do think if you've liked George's work, it's worth checking out just because of how bizarre it is. Yeah. And and I mentioned the stunt work already. The stunt work is fucking insane. That like there's there's one that just like sticks out in my mind where a guy gets jousted off a motorcycle and we watch his ass land on on concrete hard. I'm like that guy broke his fucking tailbone. That there's no way that they that they made that guy. He's landing on actual concrete and and some of the the other bumps that people are taking are fucking insane. Yeah. Um for what it is, <laughs> I mean it's a drama. There's nothing horror about this. It, it it's a drama about this motorcycle jousting club and and its leader like struggling with <laughs> with like maintaining his title as the king which he's not a king he's just a fucking he's idiot. not a king it's at all it's he he made up the rules so he <laughs> he could literally just make up a rule that he's king forever i don't i don't know why that like this issue could all be resolved with this king because most of the time he is doing whatever the fuck he wants so um and, and not listening to everyone. So uh, I may, again, I, I, th- I guess I think I said this already, but I may be really. It's a very thin line. I may be either stretching it here, or I may be the last person on Earth that's seen Knight Rider to to make this connection. But I really think it's a commentary on like George's career, in a sense, because we have an, a small independent group doing their own thing, and they're not they're refusing to pay off people. And then this guy comes, uh, what's his name, like Bontempi or whatever, yeah. and he's like big Hollywood, and he's like, "Come with me." And the guy's like, no, I'm going to stay here and like do my own thing. And others in his crew are like, I'm going to go Hollywood. I'm going Hollywood. Like I'm going big. And they get there and they're like, you know what? This fucking sucks. Like the, I'm going back to the small independent route. And I think it was like a parallel to what George is doing because he has stayed true to himself and he's not going Hollywood and he's like doing independent movies. And I don't know. I, I kind of think that's, that's an allegory he was trying to make there. I really like that. I think, I think you're onto something there. Um, and he's definitely doing his own thing with Night Riders. That's with uh, Night Riders, yeah. That's, like that's what I'm saying. It's like it's like it's like so meta that that's the theme of this, and that he's doing Night Riders because people probably were throwing him tons of money to do like ridiculously big Hollywood movies, and he's like, nah, I'm just gonna do Night Riders. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And Ed Harris is in this movie. His first leading role. His first leading role. I was going to ask that because he had two movies before, but yeah, just as nothing. It's just, yeah. It, I think the one right before this was like a, a bigger role, mm-hmm. but not he, he wasn't the star. So bigger movie, smaller role. He yes. was the big was, fish in Knight Riders. Yes. Yep. Um, it's King, King Billy, a.k.a. King William. Which is so nuts. This is so fucking nuts. It's so fucking nuts. Um, you know what? And I do think you're right with this parallel because I think there's parallels in this too with George in other ways too. One thing is, um, like kids are like, King Billy, you're the best sign my cycle world magazine. And for some reason he's on the cover of cycle world and King Billy is like this. I didn't fucking ask for this. Like I didn't want to be this guy. And he might be talking about horror movies. Like, all the horror fans being like, you're the greatest. And him being like, I just want to make fucking movies. Like, Dude, I, I completely agree because because he has King Billy say at, at that point being like, I'm not Jim Jones or Charles yeah. Manson. Like, don't make me a hero. Like, I'm not leading a cult. I'm just doing this like for me. Like, I'm just making shit. Yeah. I just want to make. He just wants to do yeah. what he wants to do. He I agree. Do, man. He doesn't want to be a cyclist or a, he doesn't want to be evil. Well, that, that seems weird because he compares himself to two cult leaders and then evil Knievel. And I'm like, 
Uh, and by the way, this man also, is all he does running is run- a cult. This man is running a cult. <laughs> he, he's definitely a cult leader and fucking he couldn't be farther from evil Knievel. He rides around on a dirt bike. <laughs> they don't with a leave, stick. They don't they don't hang they don't have any airtime whatsoever. They just ride both wheels down constantly and just yeah. Th- throw shit at you. Use real maces on each other. It's the most insane shit. And the police are the bad guys, which is hilarious because, well, it's so funny because the police are like, we're going to bust you for fucking pot. We're going to bust you for fucking smoking weed. Um, they could for sure just arrest them for fucking assault. Like they're, they're riding around with fucking weapons on their bikes. <laughs> Granted, they're doing it to each other, but I thought- just break it up. <laughs> I thought the same thing. Weapons charge would have been the easier route instead of planting weed. Because that's what the guy does. He plants weed yeah. there. And, and all the cop wants is a bribe. Like, bribe to stay there. And King Billy, literally everyone in the camp was like, just fucking pay the guy. Like, he'll just leave us alone. And Billy's like, I have morals and standards. <laughs> Billy sucks, honestly, kind of. Um, <laughs> uh, this movie is like one of the most bizarre things I've ever ever watched in hollywood history right yes like dude it's like fucking crazy that this exists and it's crazy that no one fucking talks about this movie because it's a two and a half hour marathon dude and at an hour and a half it ends with that that one guy like fucking i forget the guy's name he was like the young younger knight um there's so many characters too, dude. Alan? Eight, Alan. 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 Alan fucking is like, you know what, guys? I'm settling down. I'm done with this life. I thought that was the end of the movie, and I checked, and there was an hour <laughs> left. That that the pacing in this one is probably the hardest because there are so many times that the movie could have ended, and you're like, what is what is going on here? Like, you have to deal with the cops. You have to deal with the title of like losing the title of the king. You have to deal with infighting. You have to deal with that other guy, um, Bon Tempe coming and being like, join my, t- my squad. It's like, it, what? and it's again, the day to days of this troop, but there's just so much little excitement. In it. It's just, it's just a bunch of delinquents like hanging out. And like, there's no, like, there's nothing at stake except this one cop. All they have to do is leave town. Cause they are a traveling troop. And uh, the problem is resolved. Go to the next fucking town. You don't. There is nothing that is keeping them there, right? There's nothing that they have that says they have to be there. Also, King Billy, as you said, makes every rule, so he could just be like, "Well, we could just go to this here," and everyone would follow him. It's so psycho. I've like never seen anything like this. And it's very like, but you have. It's but you have. But I have. Uh, very similar to uh, the cults present in our hometown growing up, where people uh, make you pay fines for not wearing cleats to a fake wiffle ball game. We talk about wiffle ball often, and we talk about uh, the person who owns the quote-unquote field, which you have to address it as, even though it's just a backyard that, that he straight paints lines on. The similarities and and. There's nobody that's going to understand this except for me and Sean. But yep. the similarities between that person and King Billy are fucking alarming. Oh, it's Sean, scary. Sean messaged me and was like, "There's a part that I heard that I had to like rewind, and I and I knew what it was immediately. And it was it was King Billy issuing fines, which is a thing that this guy tried to do in his backyard for his wiffle ball league, even though it's just four people playing." Which and he writes up rules for, and he tries to enact fines if you like don't do something the way that he wants to. And actually expects people to pay him. And everyone's just like, I'm not fucking 
paying you. <laughs> Hanging out with you. <laughs> you invited me over to your house. <laughs> and he gets all pissy. <laughs> And, and that's exactly what happens in this movie. It was so insane that, like, I I had to stop the movie because I don't, I've never met a human being on Earth that did this where you have this tight little group. They're all buds. They're all – I mean, there's there's some, like – like you said, there's some drama in between. But they're all buds mostly. There's not enough guys there to make it, like, weird. And, like, so yeah, you're just finding your friends that you've been traveling with. <laughs> fucking ages for breaking rules that like no one seems to even like remember or give a shit about <laughs> you held a council without everybody here which is which is 1000% something that would happen at the quote unquote wiffle party. oh I'm like not even sure. talking with them? it has happened I think you had to show up for like the draft <laughs> or else and again fun. there's only six people that play there right and it's the same six people so yes you are correct uh <laughs> Fuck it. Well, which, all them being tight knit friends too is alarming because at the end, King Billy gives away his, his girl to, to his friend, to his oh, best friend. Oh, just like, well, here's the crown and uh, here's also my girl that I love. You can have it. <laughs> which is also insane because that's Alan, right? Alan gets that girl. But Alan, Alan gets the girl, yes. Alan also has a girlfriend who he courts the entire movie. And then is yeah, like, he drops her back off at home. And then is like, just, yeah, you're going to get the fuck out of here. Because <laughs> she's the one who has the fat slob dad who was who wooly in uh, in Dawn of the Dead. And the entire movie, they are like head over heels for each other. Head over and heels. <laughs> and he's like, you know what? I love Queen Lynette. Who Queen Lynette is like fond of this guy, but it was nothing more than just these guys have been traveling and this guy is best buds with Billy, King right. Billy. So why wouldn't she be? But then at the end, Billy is like, I'm stepping down. You guys can have everything. <laughs> and Lynette's like, okay, I'm fine with that. <laughs> it's so Which, weird. Have you watched Sons of Anarchy? I haven't, but I know about the end of the fucking show. Dude, <laughs> Sons of Anarchy owns owes everything to Night Riders. The, the the motorcycle gang, uh Jax being the leader is very similar to King Billy. Yeah. Uh and then that end scene like honestly blew my mind. I was like I cannot believe Sons of Anarchy ended their show based exactly oh, no. off the ending of fucking Night Riders. <laughs> the fuck <laughs> Dude, that is insane. That is insane. It, it, it's not a coincidence. Like, they, no, they no, watch dude. Knight Riders. They're like, I'm ending my show like this. It's scene for scene. Like, it's crazy. And I only know that because, like, a fan of the show watched it and was like, have you ever seen this? And I was like, no. And she sent it to me. And I was like, what the fuck is this? It's the same. I could not believe it. Um. Yeah, an insane ending where Ed Harris rides off into the sunset directly into the fucking front of a fucking truck. <laughs> into a fucking Mack truck on his dirt bike. And and in, and again, in typical Romero fashion, I mean, aside from him hiding, not hiding, um, kind of the theme being independent artists, um, he's also tackling issues again, like he always does in these movies. Um, uh, an openly homosexual character is in this, um, that they try to struggling with like coming out. Right. Right. And like, I was like, holy fuck, dude, when that scene happened, I was like, okay, there's no way this character is going to be gay because this is like, 
if he was act if he was gay in the movie, that would mean like they're actually like doing a little homework about this and like because they tease him, right? They're teasing him about being gay. And um you know, usually when that happens, they're like, go fuck yourself, I'm not gay, and that's the end of that, right? Um but in this one it went a little deeper and I was like, oh man, is this guy actually gonna be gay? And he is, and I was like, yeah. that makes that so much cooler. That makes that scene so much fucking cooler. Cause in the eighties it was always just like, he's fucking gay, and it's like, no, I'm not. And that was the end of it. And yeah, it, it it's like it, it was a punchline, right? But it was this, a punchline. I, th- I thought I thought he handled it well. Like it, it was like organic and like like I felt for the guy. Like he was struggling with coming to terms with who he is and then you know, dealing with people like accusing him and and not wanting to be open about it, and I don't know. In fucking Night Riders of all movies, I thought Night Riders, probably. and in 1981, <laughs> 1981, I think they're portraying a the way people would have treated you accurately, and like that situation, which was like they're not kind about it, but like also the country was like just kind of like coming to terms with this like and understanding it and like as as a big hole you know so it was like oh fuck like the, everyone was learning about it at the time and for him to include it like that i thought he did a really fucking good job and i mean you know i'm a straight person saying that so hope i i hope i hope i hope everyone agrees but um you know it's a, it's a weird I, cu- I couldn't believe i couldn't believe that that was in there and, and interracial dating is discussed in this um and, and just it, that 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 less it it just kind of brought up casually but even that he was like just talking about how cruel like the outside world is it, all of this was kind of like to show that the troop was like a safe space almost for these people like yeah um and yeah. It, it was more the towns that they visited that were the fucking shit like that that and again it's a very pro cult movie i'm going to be <laughs> fucking honest <laughs> it is very pro cult yeah <laughs> And Harris is a cult leader. And dude, co- like the first like in the movie so long, the first two hours of the movie is very much like the benefits of the cult are the best. <laughs> like because there's all these scenes where it's like, yeah, when I go when I went out in town, they would call me all these terrible names or treat me poorly. But in the cult, they treat me good. And I was like, oh, this is a weird fucking this is a weird fucking message. But I do think I think it was George trying to say like in their weird little world. Yeah, George's world yeah. in George's world. They're, that's how they're treated. Question for you: We talked about uh, Sons of Anarchy ripping this off. Yeah, you, you're familiar with uh, Return of the Jedi, correct? Yes, I yes. You know uh, when Princess Leia is uh, Jabba the Hutt's slave? Yeah, in that slave outfit. Yes. Uh, they ripped that off from uh, Tom Savini's slave outfit. <laughs> That's because there's there's a scene where he's taking a photo and he's posed like Leia because Leia that movie came out two years after this. Yeah. He is posed in the sex slave outfit that Princess Leia is in in Return of the Jedi. <laughs> he has like the same cod piece and everything. It was fucking insane. Wait, why is that a thing, dude? This movie is nuts. <laughs> this movie is so crazy. My my favorite scene in the movie though has to go to well, yeah. My favorite scene in the movie has to be. When they're doing a performance, somebody loses control of their motorcycle, which then proceeds to ride by itself directly towards a ba- directly towards a baby, a baby in a a, baby. a, um, a p- stroller, and the mom's like no, and goes to try to save the baby. Fun fact: misses the baby, hits the mom. <laughs> 
probably like an all-time moment in the movie. This movie is deadly serious, though, and very dramatic, and not not at all made for children. The concept is a children's movie, though. Yeah. Right? Like, this is like Knights of the Round Table, like... It's very Arthurian. Yes. Yeah, like they like they need to they need to just do that. Um, I think we should do question, a ch- second question for you. Yeah. Oh, sorry. There, there's there's two correct answers here. Okay. What are the two most disgusting scenes in this movie? Um, disgusting. Uh, anything with fucking uh, anything, say it. Say it. That's one answer. Anything with little John? Is it little John or no? Uh. Not Little John. Uh, oh, I thought you were going somewhere else. I thought you were going somewhere else. Oh, no, no. Uh, what the fuck is that guy's name? It's not Little John, is it? No. Who's the... Friar Tuck. The Friar Tuck? With the pizza? Yes. Okay, that is one of the answers that I was going for. When he is tongue-kissing that girl with pizza in their mouth, and, t- and, and the cheese is falling all over her tits, <laughs> her exposed tits. It is so fucking vile. It's one of the most vile things I've seen in a movie. <laughs> and they are literally tongue-kissing with pizza in their mouth. Like, why why is up, that happening? They end up going on like a three-day fuck binge. It's insane. <laughs> and Ed Harris shows up and takes the pizza out. Pissed off. He like To punish them, he like takes their pizza <laughs> Dude, that's like why they leave camp. That's why they go with the other guy. <laughs> the other guy, ba- um, Bontempi, who, who, by the way, is famously the guy who uh, dies taking a shit in Jurassic Park on the toilet. Uh, he looks exactly the same. But, but yeah, they leave because they're bad. And, because he takes the pizza away from them. But that scene, the fact that they filmed that, I've never, like, that's so gross. That's so fucking gross. <laughs> fucking disgusting. And there's one other, there's one other acceptable uh, answer. What was the other one? Anyone with fucking Hoagie Man, aka Stephen King, and his wife Tabitha in it. Oh, who, who Stephen King is? <laughs> Stephen King is eating a hoagie, which he wasn't credited as Hoagie Man in like the American release, but over overseas, I forget, I forget what country they they had him li- listed as Hoagie Man. There, there's one scene where he takes a bite of a hoagie and he's just talking. And you see all the food in his mouth and it's all spraying out everywhere. It is so fucking disgusting. Why? Why was like Stephen King loved being disgusting on film and it fit his face so well? I fucking. <laughs> he was just unbelievable on film. Uh, yeah. And is this their first collab, Stephen King and George Romero? Yeah, so the reason he's in this is because they were working on Creepshow. Oh, okay, cool. That's cool. Or they were getting they're getting ready to start it, so that's why he was on set. He, he was, was like, wanna film me eating a fucking hokey? <laughs> <laughs> I honestly respect him a little bit for that because he's just like, I'll be a fucking idiot in the in the crowd just dude absolutely (laughs) absolutely i was thinking we should do a charity event where we watch night riders on loop for 24 hours holy shit which is only that we'd only watch it twice which is only yeah (laughs) (laughs) dude this is one of the longest movies i've ever sat through it was crazy the first cut did you read that fact of the first cut yeah riders yes it's 17 hours (laughs) the first cut is 17 hours that's fucking ridiculous George is such a menace. It's how he can- also, Tony Todd, Morgan Freeman, and Lawrence Fishburne 
were considered for the roles. And I want to know why why Morgan – well, actually, I don't want to know why. Because I know why Morgan Freeman turned that down. He probably, probably took one look at the script and was like, the fuck out of here. What the fuck are we talking about here? What the fuck is this movie about? Um, uh, this movie also reminded me a little bit – last thing I'm going to say is – it reminded me of that, step bro- that scene in Step Brothers where the dad's like, I wanted to be a dinosaur when I grow up. And Brendan and Dale are like, why the fuck would you want to do that? I feel like Uncle Georgie here was like, I want to make a movie about knights on motorcycles. And everyone was like, that's the dumbest shit I've ever fucking heard. Like, what are you fucking saying? (laughs) Like, you're a really talented guy. And he's like, I just want to write. It's about guys on motorcycles just dealing with each other. That is, like, the biggest highlight of this movie, is that this is, like, the ultimate passion project. (laughs) So what are you going to follow up with, George? Uh, This. I'm going to... Guys in spandex and uh, jousting each other. (laughs) Like, like, and, and, like, I love George, because he always has, like, a strong uh, female lead, right? And and there's one of the knights in there that is a woman who just completely kicks ass. Like, she's the best of the best. Like, uh the fact that he just got all these people to agree to it, like I think I said at the beginning of this, just speaks volumes to how awesome George must have been to work with. Because there's no way Ken Foray, like after coming off the success of Dawn of the Dead, being like, if you got that call from George, being like, hey, you want to get together again? He'd be like, yeah, fuck yeah, I do. Like, what are we going to do? And then hearing that <laughs> and then agreeing to that. You're going <laughs> to play Little John. Oh my God, are we doing Robin Hood? We're remaking Robin Hood, George? That's fucking great. An edgy Robin Hood. Uh, no. Uh, for some reason, we're using Robin Hood character names for some of you. <laughs> Even though it's Arthurian. <laughs> There's no Lancelot. <laughs> no, no Sir Galahad. Just there is a Merlin. There's a Merlin for sure. Uh, everyone else is named after Robin Hood. And except and Hoagie Man. Hoagie Man is uh, different also. <laughs> Uh, but don't worry we just come on and do this again <laughs> dude the guy who plays merlin he goes by the name brother blue yes super interesting life story he's a world war ii vet he's a harvard graduate and he's like he was known as like the most famous street storyteller in boston like, you would just find him on the corner on corners in boston just like telling stories and he was like a well-known figure in, huh. on that scene that's cool, man. He he yeah, he was he was interesting in the movie too. It's it's cool to see that his lifestyle like mirrored that. Yeah, I don't think he was acting. No, I don't yeah. I'm looking at a picture of him right now. He he looks more insane. He looks more insane. He's Merlin. Um and that 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 ladies and gentlemen, oh. Night Riders. So first episode, for continuity's sake, yes. we, we rated the movies. So what do you rate Dawn of the Dead? Oh, uh, uh, four and a half out of five. All right, that's fine. That's fine. I give it a five, but I, 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 I'm just the only reason. Can I tell you the only reason I'm not is of course um, it's our show. The only reason I'm not (laughs) is um, I really like Day of the Dead, man. Um, I, I, I have s- some things to say on that. Yes. Um, I think, and it might be the cut. It might be 
a nice hour 40 that I loved on that and and what they accomplished in that hour 40. Short and sweet. Short and sweet. It was fucking perfect, man. It, I, 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 and I think I have to kind of set that as like the standard for that, um, for, for George, because to me, besides Night of the Living Dead at so far, Day was like the pacing, the fucking story, the, the characters. It, it It's bleaker for sure. It's like probably not as fun to watch as Dawn, but I, I think it might be a, I don't want to say a better movie. My, more of my favorite for sure. I'm fine with that. Fine. I, I, I give, I I give Dawn a five, but. I, dude, I, so that's how I, if you had asked me before, I would have said Dawn five. Day four, and I, I think it's flipped now. Um, that dude, the effects two and day, day is fucking light years, light years. Like they, they fucking transcend. Took what they did in Dawn, and they just rolled with the momentum. Right, it, dude, it was crazy. So Dawn, yeah. So Dawn is seventy eight. By the way, let's give credit to Dawn too. Still guerrilla filmmaking. That movie was made in nineteen. Well, it would have been made in seventy seven. That looks early mid eighties quality. Yes, that's yes, fucking good quality for a fucking movie that was made in seventy eight. It's, it's, it's actually kind of shocking, sure. way ahead of its yeah. time. Um, Night Riders, what are we rating Night Riders? So, what are you giving Night Riders? <laughs> Honestly, I, I can't. I'll start first. I can't. I can't. I I'm like amped on George, so like I want to give it a higher number than it deserves. It does not deserve anything above a three. FYI. It, agreed. Agreed. <laughs> agreed. Truthfully, and I'm glad that you said that. Truthfully, I'd probably give it a 2.5, but because I'm hyped on George and because I respect that he followed up Dawn of the Dead with this, I'm giving it a three out of five. Okay. Anything higher, I I think you're being ridiculous. <laughs> I think I think you're being out of. You're out very of your excited. Mind. You're very excited for watching the weirdest movie. But I mean, that's that's part of the excitement too. Is it's like. It's one you've never seen anything like Night Riders in your fucking you life. Have it. You, <laughs> you have it. You have it. I watched this in 2022. And I've never seen anything. Like it's fucking <laughs> insane. So you have to like you want to give it extra credit for that, but it's not because it's not okay. And no one should ever make a movie like that again. <laughs> it's the fucking weirdest thing I've ever seen. Um, from there, uh, Night Rider. <clears throat> What do you give it? You give it a three? A two, I'm giving it a 2.5. I'll give it a 2.5. Okay. I completely... I'm trying to stay grounded. Fair I'm trying score. to stay grounded. Fair score. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same... Oh, anyway, dude. It's just so weird. It's so fucking crazy. Um, so, 81, he, he releases that. 82, he comes in and he takes on a movie he did not write. Uh, they're all stories written by um, Stephen King. Actually, most of them were written for the movie. Um, I think I think only two were from stories that he had already written. Um, but he teams up with Stephen King to make Creepshow. Um, yes. And an homage to the EC horror comics from, right. from the 1950s. So like Tales from the Crypt and the Vault of Horror. And man, this movie, I, and I think we've talked about it in our anthology series before. I think we've we might have even done Did an do episode that? on it. <laughs> <laughs> it. It was definitely in our anthology series for sure. Um, I didn't know we did that. So. Uh, yeah, dude. So um, actually, uh, a listener, I still haven't gotten back to her email. I saw it. Um, I'll pull it up real quick, and I'll just answer her on the show, which is probably better, right? Um, her name is. 
so many people. Uh, I believe it's Brandy. Okay, yeah, it's it's Brandy B, fan of the show. She had been like, hey, did you cover um, Tales from the Hood? And I was like, we definitely did. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And she's like, there is no episode about that. And I was like, oh, um, whoops. Oh, wait, when did we do that? Wait, did we do it separately or no? No. Okay. So, so we did, okay. Favorite, we did favorite anthologies. Here's how we did it. We did favorite anthologies. We did one trick or treat, two creep show. And then the third one, we did the best of the rest where we covered campfire tales, tales from the dark side and tales from the hood. Okay. So there's your answer. It's uh, episode 18. Holy shit. Holy shit. Dude, that's 16, 17, and 18. 2015? Damn. 2015. April. April 2015. Holy shit. Can you believe we're almost doing this for 10 years? I did. That's fucking weird. That's fucking weird. That's weird shit. A 10-year thing? I always... I, I know this episode's long, and but you know we're doing a deep dive on George and yeah. not really saying anything of substance, so fucking deal with it. But uh, <laughs> dude, I always think about that because like life has changed so much from when we started to now. Like I had a different career; I wasn't a dad. Yeah. I wasn't even married when we started. Yeah, and, like now where we are, it's crazy to think back on that. And I guarantee every movie that you've listened or every episode that you've listened to. Pre-2017, I have a completely different opinion. <laughs> for sure. For <laughs> sure. Absolutely. But, I mean, listen. I mean, we've also watched, like, what, fucking a million movies since then. So, yes, that shit changes. Yes. Um, but, anyway. So, we've covered Creep Show apparently, in full. A full fucking episode. <laughs> so, glad we're doing a live show on that. <laughs> <laughs> but, listen. Hey, pe- people people are hyped about it. Like, yeah. I- I've gotten messages from, from someone that are like, I'm never able to join because they, they live on like the West Coast or whatever. Yeah. Like, I'm never able to join and like, I'm going to fucking make it because I love Creep Show so much and I want to hear you guys do it live. So. Oh, I'm so excited to do it. I- and, and not only is it going with our George Romero theme, but it's the day before Father's Day and it starts off with a Father's Day segment. So uh, there you go. You got, you got the, two, the two themes. There. That's great. That's sick. Um, I'm excited for that. Father's Day. Um, yeah, no, this movie rocks. Um, a staple of my childhood for sure, right? Yes. Like arguably the greatest anthology of all time. I, I think it has to be, right? Like right? I, dude, it's so hidden. Tales from the Hood Tales Tales from the Hood is definitely in my top three. I'd have to compare them. Uh I haven't seen this since we probably did that episode. Apparently so. we've done it. We, we did, comp- <laughs> I, did compare them. <laughs> I'm excited to rewatch it for the live show. Um, I do have very, very, very fond memories of it. Oh so. yeah, dude. So you have the opening, which has Atkins, right? You also have as the, the father. As the father. You also have his son, Joe Hill. Joe Hill. Playing Stephen the King's little son. boy in that, which is super cool. Um Love that. Then you have Father's Day segment, which everyone knows. Ed Harris. Ed Harris. Which everyone loves to be like, look, it's Ed Harris being young and weird. Hey, guys. Knight Riders. Knight Riders did it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You got the lonesome death of Jordy Varel, which is Stephen King acting gross. Stephen King (laughs) being out of his fucking... I appreciate this segment 
more and more like the older that I get. Yeah. I, I, I think when I first saw it, I was like, why? This is so weird. And why, why is this Stephen King? And why is he acting like this? But now, like, the older you get, you're like, this is so campy. And this is such a throwback to the 50s comics yes. that they were, they were trying to emulate. That's true. Yeah. I, I think it's really good. Yeah. And, and also, can we just talk about, like, Stephen King was already hyper successful at this point <laughs> and did not need to be like, oh, like making weird faces and licking his fingers and being like, oh, Jordy. Like <laughs> he did not have to do this to himself on film. And he chose, and he chose co- cocaine's a hell of a drug, you know, <laughs> for sure. Um, something to tide you over Leslie Nielsen as a bad guy dancing. Yeah. Leslie Nielsen as a bad guy, and guess what? Fucking kills it. It works. He's it scary. Works. He's a fucking yeah. scary bad guy. I don't like him in this. Like, he fucking bothers me, man. He's fucking evil. Like, he's scary as fuck. Um, the Crate, which is just right. a fucking- Probably my favorite. It would be between that and something to tide you over, but- Hal Holbrook, Adrian Barbeau. I mean, yeah, great monster one. The, the Crate is amazing, and The Crate- like is a perfect little um like breakup for the end of the movie. And it ends on this weird one that really works, which is they're creeping up on you, the cockroach uh one. Yeah, that was always my least favorite as a kid, and it's another one that's grown on me um the, the older I get. And, and we oh remember we saw Creep Show in the theaters um at Cult Classics, at right? At Cult Classics. Yes. And watching it in theaters gave me more respect for that they're creeping up on you segment. Hated it, really. I'd never really liked it until I saw it in theaters and I was like, ooh, this is fucking creepy. Like, it is it's fucking crazy gross. how a theater experience can change your thought on it. And, and yeah. Cold Classics plays movies that you've seen a hundred times. And admittedly, there's sometimes it's like, I've seen it a hundred times. Like, why do I want to see this? And then I do. I'm like, holy shit. Like, seeing it in a theater was a different experience. And, yeah. and I agree with that. The seeing, seeing they're creeping up on you in the theater, like helped. Me yeah. It, it definitely brings those like bugs, like to life. Right. Uh, yes. All right. So that's creep show. And, and, and just worth noting, I think I said it earlier in the episode, but this is, this is like the first time George is working with established stars. Yeah. You know, he might've, he might've had like a couple of people that have been in movies before, but these are, these are Hollywood. Like this is a major theatrical release. This is a major theatrical release. Um, yes. So I'm excited to talk about it more on the live show, which uh, join Patreon, patreon.com slash I hate horror. If you want to join us, we're not selling the individual tickets anymore because we lowered the Patreon price. So just join up for Patreon. You could cancel if you don't want to use it again. You know, it's easy. What peasy. is the, what is the date? Uh, June 18th, 18th, 18th. Okay. Unless you need to move it, and then we can move it. I do not. I okay. Do. Sick. So June 18th, See join us there. for that. 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, okay. Rounding out this episode, finally. Day of the <laughs> Dead, 1985. Um, yes. So Now, you said to start this uh, that you really liked it. Probably enjoyed it more than than Dawn. Yeah, I really like this, and I and I'm only circling back to that because this was like frowned upon, which 
I can't for the life of me understand why people were like this. This sucked. Like why? Well, like why were people disappointed by this? People were disappointed by this. Yeah. Really? It didn't do well. It didn't do well in theaters. People considered it like a, like not like inferior compared to the first two. And that that was a thing for for years. It's only like recently be, gotten like cult status. Wow, dude! A budget of three point five to four million dollars. I mean, that explains why it looks so fucking good because it looks fucking great. They uh, they, they they were like, do it. Like you've yeah. done Creep Show, you've done Dawn of the Dead, and it made thirty four million. So it's it's not like it wasn't successful. But boy, um, no, I think I think they had higher aspirations for it. But yeah, for sure. Um. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm just I'm just pulling something up right now. Um, I was just looking at Dawn of the Dead or Day of the Dead. Um, yeah, no, I really like it. I think the opening is a great fucking opening. I think a plus, a plus, like right that one dream of the best sequence. Ever. And it, one of the best title screens of all time. When oh, it has yeah. the the title of the movie Day of yeah. the Dead. Like I, I honestly think it's one of the best title screens ever. Absolutely. And coming in at one hour and 40 minutes, so that was always nice. Um, but opens up with this fucking alligator that um, – <laughs> which alligator is better, Day of the Dead or that rap video? <laughs> that, <laughs> What's the rap video? <laughs> I'm the alligator fish. See you later. And he has, he has the bandana on. <laughs> um, That's good. It's big Y, uh, his group, uh, the relatives. Dude, it's so ridiculous. Um, (laughs) I mean, it also makes no sense that there's just an alligator roaming around. I love that, like, George was just like, get an alligator and throw it in there. (laughs) He'd just be biting the zombies. Well, dude, would alligators would fucking eat up zombies, huh? They'd fuck them up. It would probably be a good pet to have in this scenario, right? Right, for sure. Absolutely. Fuck them up. Um, but the zombie makeup has shifted significantly, and these zombies are are next level. This is like, and again, you want to talk about giving credit where credit's due. It's 1985. This motherfucker like just invented the way zombies will look for the rest of forever. film history. Forever, <laughs> like yes. they look dead on to to what you're gonna see. Because in Dawn, Tom tried to emulate the gray the black and white look from night of the living dead right they ended up looking blue they all yes. looked blue it was weird he, he he even says he regrets doing that he was trying to oh, capture the black and white that field. makes me sad that makes me sad but he said he didn't like the. He's, he's he wasn't like super pleased with the final product product this though is how zombies will look for the re- for as we know it from yeah. here on right that's so crazy this dude was just fucking changing fucking film every movie he made he was and just like, like, just doing it right. He's not seeking clout. No, he's not doing it for fame. He's just doing it, and like, you never once heard him be like, "Credit me, like this is me." Like, he's not rallying the troops to make it all about him. He just did it. And- all the interviews that I've read with people talking about him have been like, when he's on set, he's like the fu- and offset. They're like, he's the nicest fucking guy, and he listens to everything everyone says. And, like, takes it into consideration and is just like, yeah, let's fucking do it. Like, <laughs> Savini was just like, hey, can we write a scene where, um, this is for Dawn. He's like, can we write a scene where we put a screwdriver in a fucking zombie's ear? Because I think I could make an effect for that. 
And George was like, yeah, all right. And like, <laughs> that's where that fucking scene comes from where Flyboy gets tackled. Or not Flyboy, um, the other cop gets tackled. And he Trooper. fucking stabs him in the fucking ear with the screwdriver. Like, that's why they did it. Because Savini was like, that would be pretty fun. And he was like, <laughs> okay. And Savini even said, he was like, I bet you I could go up to him and be like, wouldn't it be sick if we could get a dragon to come out of the uh, the 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 wishing well? And he's like, I bet George would be like, yeah, fuck it. Like, let's give it a fucking whirl. <laughs> <laughs> the dude just shot everything. And um, I think that's I think that's really cool. Uh, is this the bleakest of them all, Day of the Dead? Or do you think Dawn is more bleak? It's tough, man, because Dawn is more, like I said, in the moment. Like, hey, this is happening, and yeah. I have to figure out how to survive right now. This one, I think, is more overall bleak because it's just like, the, <laughs> this is our life now. The, yeah. The, I'm going to wake up tomorrow, and it's still going to be the same. Whereas right. Dawn, you could be like, maybe I could escape somewhere where this is not happening. Night of the Living Dead actually too is pretty bleak fucking ending. Like you're not really ending on a high note on night. You're kind of no, no, you're not at all. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, there's nothing to say to, yeah. to make that not bleak. I mean, yeah, everybody that, dies. Like everybody super, fucking dies. It's super <laughs> fucking bleak. Actually, I don't know. I guess you give it credit that it's not bleak because like you think the zombies are contained to an extent, but like really, yeah, because killing cause- everything. <laughs> They're just killing everything, but at least there's a group of humans that are just like rolling into town and yeah. and, and containing it. This, though, I think is the more overall bleak because th- there's no end. There's and no the, end to this. And the people in control are like, it's like, would you rather just be fucking running away from zombies or living with these fucking nightmarish fucking people? <laughs> Which, by the way, I would leave immediately. As soon as I met Joe Pilato, who plays Captain Rhodes, I'd be like, I'm fucking gone, dude. This fucking guy is a fucking nightmare. This guy is going to give me a fucking agita. Walter Steele. (laughs) (laughs) Having having to wake up next and just deal with that guy every day. I'd rather deal with the zombies. Absolutely. Everyone in this base is a fucking headache. You would not stay five minutes. You'd be like, I'm fucking out of here. Fucking asshole. Joe Pilato is like one of the most unhinged characters I've ever seen the the Captain Rhodes like, and he fucking died in 2019. I was so bummed to find out. Um, Did yeah? I would have loved to have talked to him, dude. And he was 70 in 2019. We don't do a lot of interviews on the show, but when we do, I have fun with him. Yeah, I want to inter like I want to interview Ken Foray and just talk about Night Ray. Like I just I have so many questions about <laughs> now, so many yeah. of these films now. Yeah, and like even like the bit characters. Like I just want to talk to people about how George was filming this and like what it was like on sets yeah, for all these. A- absolutely. I want to talk to Joe Pilato and be like how he's got that fucking, um, what's his name? We've been talking about him a lot. John Burzen, Burzen, Berthal. Berenthal. Berenthal yeah, from the Punisher. Pun- yeah. For some reason, Joe and I have been talking a lot about him. I don't know why, but this guy's got that same fucking energy of like, this yeah. guy's fucking scary. Like, this guy scares the fucking piss out of me. Like, he's so unhinged that you're like, this guy's not fucking acting. He just shows up in a scene and is like, what the fuck? And you're like, oh, my God. Why Why is this guy so high strung? Like, it's so fucking nuts. And he just, 
some people just have like the perfect face yes. to play that, right? Like you can't that no. guy's not playing a hero. No. Like you just look at him like I'm not believing that for a second. And and I'm pretty sure guys like like I'm you know, I can't speak for him and he's passed, unfortunately, so he can't speak for himself, but I'm sure he would say the same. Like like, he, like Who's going to cast you as a fucking protagonist? You just look at you. You're fucking menacing. <laughs> I mean, the the guy, from John Bernthal, we were talking about that the other day with him, where it's like, he doesn't get, he hasn't really gotten a ton of roles, except like the Ford versus Ferrari, where he was like a normal human being for once in his life. Every role, he's just like this guy that you're like, oh yeah, he looks okay. And then is just like, he goes off the deep end and you're like, oh man, this guy's the fucking worst. Like this is, this guy's absolutely fucking nuts. I just Googled Joseph Pilato and there's a picture of him from 2008 as his Wikipedia page. I mean, just fucking look at him. What are you, <laughs> that guy is born to play Bro, a maniac. He is, he, in 2008, yeah, 2008, he's wearing Spenders and dog tags. <laughs> Motherfucker is a villain. <laughs> yeah. Born for that. <laughs> Absolutely born for it. R.I.P. though, man. Fucking um, a Massachusetts native. Yeah. A Massachusetts native. Hey, um, Steel, our, our boy Steele is a Connecticut native. Born and raised in Brooklyn, uh, Bridgeport. Oh, really? Yeah. That's sick. That's awesome. Joe Pilato. Um, so he's fucking great, though. He's fucking great in this movie. I mean, he's the most you can hate a human being in a movie is him and what's his name? Um, his crony in this one. Um, uh, I forget. Oh, it's Steel, I think, right? It's got to be Steel. Who's the other piece of shit in this? They all are, Sean. <laughs> they all are. Yeah, I'm like looking at them all now, and I'm like, oh yeah, for sure, it's just all of them. <laughs> I mean, this, this is the radio operator Bill, who's just fucking drunk maniac. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> they're all so fucking nuts. Um, uh, yeah, and the real heart of this movie is Bub the zombie. Bub, Bub. Um, this is a very like. This is a much more linear movie than, like, George has been doing. It's very, like, we're going to follow this idea from point A to point B, and that's that's kind of the movie, right? Yeah. Yep. And it revolves around, um, essentially, a military personnel uh, that is not very pro-science. And a group of scientists, who are obviously very pro-science... And are like, we can learn from these things. Um, and Bub is their example where they're kind of tapping into his brain, like getting into his memories and like, just by like, you know, playing music or doing things that he might've enjoyed while he was alive to kind of maybe could, can you rehabilitate them? Can you teach can them? Can you revert this? Can you do something? Like, is there, it, are they even thinking? I mean, we don't even know if they're thinking. Yes. The concept of capturing them, which is introduced within the first 10 minutes. Like they, yes. They're antagonizing them so they can capture them in like a, a crate and then, you know, tie them up. The concept of doing that to study, to see if like you can, they should have been doing this all along. Like right. since, since Dawn of the Dead, like it, I, I love that idea. That's, that's what they should be doing. And, this- and I just can't. I can't fathom why people don't like this movie. That, that's And, like, it's the natural progression of this, right? Night of the Living Dead is like, what the fuck is this? Dawn of the Dead is like, we're fucked. 
What do we do? Day of the Dead is like, okay, we've established like a home for us, like a community. Okay. Yeah. Now we're we have here. To, Let's now we solve need to figure this. out what to actually do because we can't <laughs> stay locked in malls. <laughs> we, right. We need to like do the next step, which is fucking like cut them open, look at them, and figure out what the fuck is going on. Um, and in this case, uh, you know, try and see if you can tap into those fucking brain cells of theirs. Um, so, and Bub is the heart of that. Um, and you open up with a helicopter coming to the city and it's almost like a continuation of the end of the last one. Like we talked about. Um, so it's a weird, it's a weird thing he does there. Um, what else, what else is in there in day of the dead that we should touch on? Is there anything, um, you know, it's a shame, not a shame. It's not a shame at all, but I, I almost wish we could do like a full episode on on day because I know we went really heavy on Dawn and you know, rightfully so it's Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, and we're trying to we're trying to cram in four movies, um, so there's a lot obviously that's going to be left to be said for for Day of the Dead. Um, I, I'm going to put it on our list of things to do in the future. Maybe maybe that's yeah. something we do in October because yeah, we don't want this to be three hours. You know, we're already we at two hours no, of, the, of just this. Uh, we already did the Patreon, but there, there's a lot that I'm sure people would be disappointed we didn't highlight, but I mean, we're really just talking about George Romero, right? Yeah. And so far from night of the living dead up to day of the dead, George Romero knocks out on the park. George Romero made a movie about jousting dirt bicyclists. <laughs> a and, two and, uh, and a half hour it movie. It wasn't the worst thing I have seen. So no, uh, our yeah. deep dive into George has been very positive, And I think ending the night of the living dead trilogy on this is a very high note. I, I think it's very well done, very entertaining, and I have nothing negative to say about Day of the Dead. And George is like the most punk rock director, I think, in, in horror. Yes. Like, he is yes. the punk director. He is literally doing whatever he wants. I do what I want, and I do it how I want. And critics yes. are going to be fucking furious about it, because they do, because you changed, you did something, you did Night Riders, you did a big-budget zombie movie that was more linear than your other ones, or more like... A to B storytelling and like people are going to get bent out of shape. And he's like, I don't fucking give a shit. And that might reframe the final episode for me. I don't know yet. I, I'm curious how I'll feel about them now. Um, those final, that final trilogy of dead movies. Um, but just I have a feeling how- I'm going to be fond of uh, land of the dead yep. a little bit more so than I was anticipating. I, I don't know how I'm going to feel about survival and diary. I really don't. I don't remember liking don't them know, at all. Uh, I'm excited, but that said, I'm excited to revisit them. He's earned a lot of brownie points. Like he he has he for has. the last uh, two decades now, right? Sixty eight to where are we now? Eighty eight or eighty five? So that's the thing. The fact of the matter is, he didn't need to make those. Like so, so even if they're not good and they don't hold up, it's like you know what. Earn your money, George, because you didn't earn it for Dawn, or, uh, Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. And you've already cemented your place as the great, like one of the greatest yeah. to ever do it. So. And he does another gutting at the end of Day of the Dead that is like fucking monumental gutting of, of Captain Rhodes. Um, yes. That's just nuts. Um, Bub. Oh, this actually, this is the one thing I did want to talk about about Day. 
Day of the Dead, this was actually, not, it wasn't Dawn that I was, like, more comparing to those movies where it's, like, when you, like, if it came out now, you'd be like, holy shit, what is this piece of shit? This movie, people for sure would have done that. Now that I know that people thought that anyway. But, like, the end of Bub shooting him, the Bub shooting him and saluting him <laughs> is, like, the most... You could you could criticize that, right? I, I get that, and it's it, but it would be like the criticism to *Malignant*, where it's like, oh, I went into it expecting something else, and then this happens, and it's like, yeah, that's true, but like, it still fucking rocks. I don't know. You know, if you're gonna criticize that, then you have to criticize a five minute montage of zombies getting pies to the face, like yeah, the Three Stooge we, characters in *Dawn of the Dead*, right? Joe, <laughs> *Dawn of the Dead*, a guy sprays seltzer in a fucking in, in a zombie's face, like the old clowns used to. Like, dude, that's not yeah, even a, yeah. that wasn't even a popular. It was fucking in the '80s. Stop it! What do you do? Or '78? What are you doing? That wasn't even a fucking funny thing then. Like, no one even knew why clowns did that. Spraying seltzer. He had the old seltzer bottle. A biker gang, dude. Where the pies? There's from? no way that exists. <laughs> Where do the pies come from? What the fuck Smash are we doing? One guy's walking around with pizza boxes. What the fuck is happening? It's like chaos. Yeah, so if you're mad about the saluting, be mad about the... Because I, I don't care about that. Like I, it's, it's fine. I'm it's fine. The zaniest, it's the zaniest bit in the movie. Um, so anyway, that's Day of the Dead. I know, I know, you know, we end on a safe island, though. They do escape through helicopter, and they land on an island. I don't know if that will play into Land of the Dead, so we'll find out. Um, so that's that. Um, what do you at, rate? What do you rate day? Uh, day, I will rate, uh, I think it's five, man. I think it's five. I respect it, man. I, I'm going to give it a 4.5 just because I like Dawn slightly better. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think these movies kind of like yeah. set the bar for the whether which way you go for four or five. It's it could be either one, right? Yeah, like, give me a four point five. It's it's it's. I a think very I don't think score. you could rate them the same because they're they're different movies. I mean, I guess you could rate them both fives, but like you to me, be, it's like it's a preference there. Exactly, you can honestly be convinced into either. Yeah, either exactly. One. Um. So after Day of the Dead, Romero will again leave the zombies behind. Um, he's going to end up writing Creep Show. He doesn't direct it though; he writes it, which is funny. It's a switcheroo there. Creep Show too. Creep Show too. Creep Show too. I'm sorry. Um, he'll then write and direct Monkey Shines in '88, and he writes Cat from Hell segment from Dark Side, the Dark Side movie. Yeah, I'm going to watch that for next week's episode. Dark Side, Tales from the Dark Side. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or at least his episode. I mean, we've we've done it on the show, but yeah. I'm going to rewatch it. So then next week, we're going to jump into the 90s. Um, he only writes and directs two full-length movies in the 90s. And he only directs two, period, in the 90s. Um, that being The Dark Half and Two Evil Eyes. Two Evil Eyes. Um, he does direct Jarkanda Joe, but that's a short. Um, and then Bruiser, which we'll talk about next week, is... 2000 um but close enough where we're going to lump it into his 90s resume there um so we're going to do two evil eyes from 1990 the dark half 1993 and bruiser from 2000 and we'll touch upon anything else we watch uh tales from the dark side if we can get a copy of jarkanda joe if you can tell me where to find it jarkanda joe i would love to fucking see it um so let us know if you have any 
intake on that. Um, and that's it for this week. Um, we're coming, loving to, this, coming to an end. Loving yeah, this has been fun, man. I thought it was going to be a chore. Uh, I'll be honest. And maybe I do want to rate Knight Riders higher. Knight Riders, like, honestly, fucking, sh- I mean, it's the same as last week, though. Martin was like, I was like, what the fuck? Been sleeping on this fucking movie forever. Knight Riders, kind of the same thing. It's not good, but, like, I respect the shit out of somebody that makes that fucking movie, man. It makes no fucking sense. <laughs> yeah, I respect I respect Knight Riders more than I like it. Yeah, yeah. But that's it, guys. So thank you all so much. We really appreciate all of your support. It means the world to us. Um, uh, <laughs> sorry, I just read a fact that George Romero called... <laughs> Called Day of the Dead, Gone of the Wind of zombie films. Gone with I meant the, the, I meant the <laughs> You know what? Maybe I take my fucking rating back. Um, thank you all so much for your support. Uh, if you do want to help support us, you can go ahead on over to patreon.com slash I hate horror. Uh, we're available at I hate horror.com, Instagram.com slash I hate horror, and Facebook.com slash I hate horror. Uh, Joe has told me you guys are asking about merch. I will get something set up soon i promise it's i don't have time to ship the stuff anymore so i'm trying to find a source that will print and ship for us but the quality that you've learned to love from ths our our shirts are always the softest always the best um so i love my i dude they're fucking great they, I'm biased, but there's dude. I wear. I actually fucking hate it because I wear them out because they're comfortable and they fit well. That's so fun, dude. That's so fucking funny because I wear it to like all the shows and I'm like I'm such a hardo wearing my yeah. own shit, but like they're so comfy and like. But also, like I, I want to promote my show, you know. <laughs> and they like, like, I fucking look at dude. Every time I wear it out, somebody's like, "That's a great fucking shirt," and I'm like, "Oh, thank you so much," and you know, but. Um. Yeah. No, they're great. So I got to find somebody that does it the right way. So I- I'm working on it. I'll I'll have a solution soon. Um. So keep an eye out for that. Um. And then that's it. Live show on the 18th. Um. And next week we're gonna be doing part three of uh George Romero's serial killer. So that's all I've got. Joe, where can they find you? Uh, Instagram, Brugnish1985, and uh, Boston Peeps. I'll be in Boston again on Wednesday, seeing Paul McCartney at Fenway. So. Fucking wings, the wings reunion, the fucking wings. Does he play? Does he play wings or no? I'm sure he does band on the run. You know, you gotta wait. Which is the one with Michael Jackson in it? Uh, um, (laughs) that weird ass music. You want to say Ebony and Ivy, but that's 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 uh, that's with Stevie Wonder. It's um, say say say, right? Yes, 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 yes. That's the fucking weirdest music video of them putting on clown makeup and being like, dude, the, the old like hobo clown, right? <laughs> like sticking out their tongues <laughs> at each other. So <laughs> hey, you know what kids love in music videos? Uh, let's dress up as mimes, old timey mimes. I know this guy David Bowie is doing crazy shit. No, we're gonna go Renaissance on oh, no. them. They're gonna love it. And then uh, Safety Dance doubled down on it. They were like, "Hey, Safety Dance." They were like, "You know what? This Renaissance thing is Dude, really the good. whole Renaissance Fair music video. <laughs> we can dance if we want to." Oh man! All right, guys, that's it. Thank you all so much for joining us and uh, for Joe. This is Sean. Stay weird. Thank you. Adios. Thank you.
dice, 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 d